0: So this is René Renteria. It is uh, roughly 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Thursday, May 31st, 2012. And I'm interviewing Councilmember Raúl Alvarez at the Austin History Center here for the MIS Barrientos Mexican American Culture Center Oral History Project. So thank you, Councilmember. Thank you for the invitation. Yes. So we're we're just going to, again, we were talking a little bit earlier about the, the project and some of the goals. So we'll, we're just going to move up, get your impression. But first we want to start off with some real basic facts. Um, if you could just go ahead and give us your full name.
1: Raul Alvarez. Uh, maybe I should say Raul Ruben Alvarez since there's about five of us just in my family alone.
0: <laughs> okay. And when and where were you born, Raul?
1: Oh, I was born... Um, November twentieth, sixty-six in Roma, Texas, in Starr County here, along the border, and uh, but grew up mainly in Rio Grande City, um, in the big city.
0: hmm Yes, and Raul, when did you first move to Austin? And can you tell me a little about a little bit about where, what part of town did you move into?
1: Um, I mean, I came in ninety-one uh, to start my graduate program in community and regional planning um, and I lived you know in the university area um, and uh, it's um, I guess the community and regional planning is an architecture school and so I came my undergraduate was at Stanford in industrial engineering and um, so I came here for my graduate work and uh, haven't haven't left so mm-hmm. twenty plus years now okay,
0: uh, well I kind of' am- even though I, I asked you, like, what part of town do you live in, but um, there's a question here about memories of the neighborhood that people remember when, you know, of Austin. So can you, any, any particular place that you could talk about here in Austin that and some of the memories of the neighborhood and, and, and just, sure, just and impression?
1: Sure, um, I mean, yeah, that first year I was in grad school, started uh, volunteering with uh, Poder, you know, people organized in defense of earth and earth resources and. I guess that's shortly after the group formed, and um, one of the campaigns they initiated was a campaign to relocate the tank farm um, there an airport in Springdale. So of course I remember that area, um, and um, so we would go door-to-door talking to neighbors about health problems relating to the, the gasoline storage facility. Um, and we would go after we'd do our door-to-door to El Azteca and have a A bite to eat and maybe a a adult beverage, Uh, and of course their sherbet that they (laughs) that they give after every meal. But uh, so I remember uh, some of that, you know, going on eating and just kind of the community struggles Uh, at the time. Of course, BFI was right across from the tank farm site, so as soon as the tank farm thing was over, the sort of the BFI um, issue, you know, kind of became kind of more at the forefront, um, and then, of course, the Holly Power Plant, that being an issue, of course, too, that we worked on. So I'm familiar with those, kind of those parts of, of East Austin. And um, I, didn't, um, I didn't live in central East Austin until by mid-90s, there in um, Robert Weaver Avenue, which is right across from Martin Middle School, and uh, near Haskell and Comal, right there. And, um, and so for the most part after that, except for about three years, I've kind of lived in kind of that neighborhood and that's where my home is you know, currently, so.
0: Um, there's a question here about politics and the kind of talk that your family had uh, growing up in the Valley, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Maybe politics that were discussed in your family?
1: I mean, politics, I mean, it was, I guess it was discussed more, you know, how you can't trust the politicians. Um, would be the extent, I mean, other than going to vote, I mean, they, my grandfather, you know, Trevino, Tomas Trevino, of course, was big on voting, and so he was, you know, quick to remind his daughters, my mom and her sisters, they were all, You know, they didn't have any brothers. Um, just about going to vote, the importance of voting, and so I remember that about of my parents always going to vote. Uh, I don't remember them ever taking us, but <laughs> uh, like I've already taken my, you know, my, uh, my kids with me so that they know the importance of voting, but, uh, but I remember, I don't know if it's because my grandfather would tell them or my, my parents would just say we're going to vote and it's election day and we have to go vote, and so I remember that very clearly but besides that, no, not really much discussion. I mean, it's obviously very, I mean, very, I don't know how you put it, humble beginnings, you know, it's a very low kind of, I would say, yeah, poor poor families, so, I mean, sometimes, you know, those kind of things aren't at the very top of the list when you're trying to figure out what you're going to feed your family and what you're going to do, so.
0: Okay. So I guess now we're going to move into another area about of the interview, um, could you tell me a little bit about the period that when you became involved in the creation of the um, of the uh, the Mac? I, and for the record, I, I, I just, I'm going to refer to it as the Mac because it's it's a little easier to be, to mm-hmm. say than the than the MAS I was going to ask culture. you, so, can I call it
1: the EV Mac or the... Well, whichever <laughs> you prefer, but... I think for
0: our discussion, I think for, it, it would right. be... F- the people, oh, our, We're okay. not trying to
1: yeah, obviously be disrespectful, yeah, but... but uh, for the, yeah, so when mm-hmm. you first
0: became involved in, in the creation of the Mac?
1: I mean, really as a sort of a community person, really just learning about... Um, I mean, really it's just kind of the myth of the MAC, right? The sort of the mythical part of the, you know, that community initiative or struggle or effort. Um, and I remember, I get the most, I mean, I kind of learned about it was the first time it got on a bond package. Um, and I think it failed that first time that it got, was on a bond package. Um, and, then, um, and then of course it came back at the next bond package and actually was approved. And so really after the approval really is more when I got involved, I mean, at that time I was um, still involved with Poder um, and I was involved at co-op radio uh, as a board member and a programmer um, and really just kind of keeping up with what's happening in the barrio and and that was kind of a hot topic because now we had the money for the Mac so we wanted to get it built and there were some differences of opinion on how to go about getting from, you know, having the money to having it designed and then having it built, and what should happen? What could we, as a community, be doing while we're waiting, of course, for for this to be realized, this dream to be realized? And so I would, you know, went to a few meetings where you know, people were discussing that very topic of, you know, we don't have to wait till the mag is built. To, to organize you know or or, you know be more um, um, just as a community come together and and talk about what we envision um, the facilities, the role that we envision the facilities serving in the community Um, and so that was before I was on the city council really something probably for a couple of years that I was following and you know would kind of sit in on some meetings and certainly not leading any kind of charge at that you know at that time and um so when i was elected to city council in june of 2000 um so by that time again the bond money was approved you know there was already i believe a nonprofit group center for mexican american cultural arts that was kind of designated as the group to kind of oversee the community process of getting from you know from from, I guess, a design, from a vision to a design to actual construction plans and then to actual construction. Um, and so, so, by the end of my tenure, you know, obviously, that group was no longer the, the go-to organization for, you know, the leadership of the, of the center, um, of the project, um, but that's when I kind of became that's when I became became involved with uh, you know with the project
0: so can you can you go back to um, the could you try to pinpoint the years when you started going to these meetings and and what who was who was organizing those meetings You remember or um, who was the attending the, those meetings
1: Yeah I would say I mean it was the board members of that group right um, and um I mean, I don't remember all of them, you know, but I remember obviously Kathy Vasquez, Valerie Menard, Rowan Salinas. Um, I mean, there was I think seven like official board members. I assume maybe Sabino Renteria or Lori or s- some kind of representatives from United East Austin Coalition, just because sort of that that neighborhood is probably the kind of the most. Closest or adjacent, maybe the, maybe Delia Meyer, Delia Perez Meyer, possibly. Um, I know Tomas Salas was involved, and you know, at that time, very integrally. And he was, you know, a lot of these folks were Marta Cotera, of course. Uh, they were involved not just at that point, right, but in getting it on the bond package and then actually getting the vote out in support of of the project. And uh, but probably, I would say, you know, in terms of community folks that I remember. Being involved, it would be Emma and Marta and um, and uh, Thomas. You know, in terms of the folks I saw out there, really most aggressively sort of supporting the project.
0: So, what were what was your early vision of of the Mac? Let's say maybe starting from um, when you were attending those meetings. I mean, mm-hmm. as you were forming a vision, perhaps, and then after your and then when you became when you were elected as a city council person. Can you tell me about that, your early visions for it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think early on it was, uh, I didn't necessarily have a vision for this is how much exhibition space there needs to be, or this is how much, you know, like the actual functional space. Because, you know, at the time we had um, we had the barn, or I don't know what you call it. There was an existing facility that we were using as an art space. And I thought it was very cool. Um, And it was a lot of creative things that happened in that space. And um, so, I mean, I I would, yeah, again, in my head, I was just thinking obviously, the the kinds of things we're doing here now are the kinds of things we'll be doing, you know, at the real Mac or the the fully constructed Mac. Um, And we, um, so, and, but, Again, being the planner and kind of community organizer type, I was kind of more concerned with the role, like the structure kind of of the organization or the management, you know, of the facility. Again, once it's built, you know, so you're talking this was probably six years before, maybe five years before it broke ground and, you know, six to seven years before it actually was built um, is what, Sort of what processes or what structures can we create to make sure that there's community input into how the center is run um, and operate, you know, how it's operated, and that there is a role for community folks to play in the governance in some way. Um, And so I think that that's what was mostly kind of in my mind at, at that particular time, you know, this has such great potential for our community to be just a center of activity that. You know, how do we make sure that there's enough community involvement to ensure that it stays that way?
0: And has that vision changed over time?
1: Uh, well, you know, there's a center, so um, I wouldn't say my vision was realized in terms of just the participatory part right, of it and certainly not the the programmatic part in terms of, because we don't really have a, a real theater at the space right we have a multipurpose room but you know we had some pretty amazing theatrical um productions at the old barn you know at the old at the Premac facility um and so I don't you know so some of those things I envision you know where it'd be the kinds of artistic expression that that would be supported or or presented you know I, I don't think has happened because we don't have a real c- cultural center is the way I'll I mean, I'll say it that way just because if you don't have a theater is it really a cultural center I mean it's um, and then um, and then of course I think you know the uh, the amount of community engagement has been very limited for different reasons some of it because of what happened you know probably during those times I was on the City Council in terms of governance and community Partic- participation, um, and so we're kind of, you know, there's an advisory board, but but I think that we're at a point where it's obviously it's run by the city, it's a city facility, it's, and so it's run like a city facility. It's not run like a community organization might want to run it because, again, you have the sort of the particular ways the, the city likes to to operate its facilities and. Um, and you have to be in line with, you know, the policies and procedures, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I mean, I've liked what's happened in the last, you know, couple of years, I think, certainly so, you know, the involvement by the Latino arts groups probably, is probably up and the staff, I think, is more accommodating and, um, and generally kind of looking to work with community organizations. But, you know, I really, again, personally, would like to see more community involvement and not just as an arts facility or a cultural facility but as a community center and that's how I've always envisioned it is it would be a community center not an arts center or a cultural center in the sense of it's where you focus on fine arts or you know just arts in general but you know the way to get folks there is to basically have all sorts of Programs that address all sorts of needs, not just the artistic needs of the community. And so I certainly think that's a direction we ought to go at some point. And, um, but again, it's got to be the community um, stepping up and saying, this is what we want, you know, not just the advisory board, which is, you know, probably seven people. I think that's that the city's kind of reduced their advisory boards down to seven. But again, should it be more? inclusive that advisory board should it you know should the purview or the the scope you know of the facility kind of change so that it takes on more of that community center uh, feel and I think it should personally it's just again how do we as a community come together to articulate that and really show that we're together in that and maybe we're not I'm just saying that's personally where where I would like to see this go but um you know, I don't know that we have a unified view, you know, of what the facility could be or how it could function. And I think, um, you know, we're again, you know, willing to d- take on the conversation. Um, I mean, I am involved with Austin Latino Music Association, and we do produce just one show per year there, a Tejano Legends show typically. Um, and so, it'd be nice to as an arts organization, too, not just as kind of a former elected official, see that we um, um, come together and articulate some, you know, some kind of vision for what, how this could better involve Latino arts organizations or the community in general, and and just highlight what we all do. I mean, I don't know that a lot of people know what Alma does, unless you come to our shows, and I think we're down to two shows instead of six, so (laughs) thanks to budgetary, you know, constraints, but um, but it'd be um, I think there's a potential there just to, for the cultural arts organizations that the city already funds to kind of play a more integral role there uh, at the center
0: I wanted to talk about a detail that um, I think might be important to to talk about is um the location because i I too remember the the warehouse the barn uh-huh, uh-huh. And, uh and I I ran a cultural arts organization as well. We had film screenings there. We had we had a film festival. I think a couple of them there. It was hot. It was cool, but <laughs> it was hot. <laughs> it was hot. But um, but I. I, I, I remember I just,
1: the uh, Virgen de Guadalupe
0: show. Yeah. yeah. program being very cold. It was cold. I remember that. <laughs> it was either very hot or yeah. very cold. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm wondering, like, um, how how you see the. The location, because I think that was a question up in the mm-hmm. air during those that time. Like, well, is is the final Mac going to be here or somewhere else? And I'm just wondering right. what what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of a uh,
1: couple of ways I'll come at that because I think there's I don't know if you want to call it community politics or just kind of real politics. And I mean, in terms of this being in downtown and there being some kind of pretty pretty big financial interests involved with a six acre site, you know, in downtown, right on town lake, you know. <laughs> so you see what's going up in Rainy Street now. I mean it's you could easily have had another one of those high rise condos going up on that six acre site, you know, pretty significant kind of condo project. Um so for a couple of things, first, uh, I mean, there was, when I first got elected, kind of a, it's not a movement, but at least folks were, con- were having a conversation about, can we just take the $10 million. I guess I should add, by that time, there was a master plan already. We hired, you know, a world-renowned architect from Mexico City, did a fabulous design, I loved the design. Um, so again, we probably spent, you know, usually it's 20% of the of the money goes towards sort of design and then pre-engineering or pre-construction engineering. So you gotta think that, you know, it probably costs a million to two million of design work already had been done, right? Um, and again, beautiful, I love the design. I mean, I, I can't wait for the day where the full design is actually on the ground. Um, hopefully I'll, I'll live to see that, you know. Um, but um, the, um, so there was this conversation of, let's take the rest of the money, fix up the buildings that are there. You know there was the big barn, and then there was a couple of I guess maybe you'd call them when they were storage facilities, but when I looked at him, there were, I looked at them as practice rooms. I don't know why I looked at them as those are going to be the music practice rooms at the Mac, you know, because of the way they were laid out, it was kind of like you could have multiple little um, rooms for, you know, rehearsals or just lessons, whatever. I mean, I, that, that's kind of how I envisioned those two buildings on either end of the of the site, on the east and western end. And then you have the barn in the middle, you know. Um, so we could easily have retrofitted those structures um, and again, had a pretty functional space that maybe wasn't designed by a world-class architect, but it would have been built quicker and it would have, um, um, I think it would have been a really cool space. You know, something we, we could have still been proud of, but it would have been on the ground quicker and I think could have served a lot of needs and there was enough space for growth and that kind of thing. So um, so, I think, so I think, I don't know, what I remember of it is, is it, the conversation kept coming up at meetings. Not the conversation. Maybe maybe individuals kept bringing up the idea, so I might have brought it up at a at a meeting, or at least said, "Hey, I'm open to the idea. If that's what the community wants to do, hey, let's talk about it." And so, and so so my thinking is obviously the city staff is listening to all this and saying, "What do y'all mean? You know, what are y'all talking about? It's already designed. What are y'all crazy? I mean, they're not saying this, but I'm I can imagine a park director or a cultural director. At the, the Parks and Rec Department wondering what what in the world are y'all up to, you know? So I remember, um, I guess more and more thinking, you know, well, we really ought to have a community discussion about do we want to do this or not? You know what I mean? Do we want to go this route? Is this even an option? Am I crazy for even having a forum to discuss this, right? So, but what happened is overnight, man, those buildings just disappeared, like, and I remember, I think it was, Either Eli or Pio kind of calling me and saying, hey, man, the buildings are gone. I said, what do you mean? The buildings are gone. I said, what buildings? The MAC. It's gone. I like, what do you mean it's gone? <laughs> it's gone. I'm like, what do you mean they demolished it and didn't tell anybody? Um, so I remember that as kind of obviously one, one discussion that, that we had. Um, and then just kind of how that particular opportunity, I mean, I think there's kind of different missed opportunities along the way. I mean, just in the, the short time I was on council. But um, but I remember thinking, you know, I mean, I don't know, I, being, I remember being pissed because, I mean, again, how dare y'all decide that this is this is for the community, right? I mean, because, I mean, I really, again, with all anything having to do with the MAC, you know, we kind of feel like the community needs to have a say, and maybe that's been a, a blessing and a curse, you know, for the project, but um you know i kind of was you know was pissed off and was a little uh, offended right that that it would have been done that way and um but what could you do i mean it's not like you can resurrect those bills they're gone i mean they're literally gone they no longer exist and not even the debris is left it's just they just it's been scraped you know it's it's just gone and so i remember that being kind of a I mean, the, an end to a conversation about the, the location, even though the location itself didn't change, but just kind of what what the facility itself could have looked like. Um, and, then, and then during you know, this whole kind of five years or six years of discussion about um, more management or operations and kind of a community role in that is just, you know, on the one hand, uh, the idea of let's sell it. We'll have twice the money, we'll build, you know, twice as big of a facility or twice as cool of a facility somewhere else. And, um, and so from my always response, where would we put it? I mean, you know, I mean, you're not gonna find another six acres in downtown that you can build on, so where are we gonna put it? Well, we'll put it in the Cap Metro property there along the, along the railroad line or railroad um, tracks. And I'm like, and and you again, so it, it was kind of like, let's put it, the putting it, put it in East Austin. It's the Mac; it needs to go in East Austin. You know, that so that was kind of a debate about East. Again, what's the what's the right place for the Mac? I mean, and I saw that as a. Um, I don't know. I saw I saw that as something that. Um, I don't know again you know that kind of defines you as a people right you know do you feel like you deserve to be in downtown where all of the main attractions are or do you think anything having to do with brown people and black people ought to be east of 35 and so I've never been of that particular view you know I've never felt that way um so I definitely came into council thinking it's a cool thing that our cultural center is going to be in downtown. I mean, like a block away from the convention center. Um, and so I really didn't like that kind of talk personally. I wasn't, you know. I mean, I would obviously listen to folks, but um, but again, the whole idea of you know, let's give up this land. I mean, for me, I, again, and maybe it's because it's those indigenous roots of you know, it's your land and once you have it, man, protect it, because it might be taken away from you, and uh, so I, I may have kind of gotten a little territorial about the six acres. I go, I don't know how John Trevino got that side, or Gus, whoever it was that ultimately got that. I think it was Mayor Pro Tem Trevino, but you know, I looked at it as a big coup, you know, and maybe at the time, again, it was a neighborhood. It wasn't really part of downtown, but just, again, 50 years down the road, how important is it gonna be that the facility be here? Um, And so I remember um, that kind of as a discussion, and then I remember um, the idea of, and again, I mean, there was an idea of partnering with a developer who would develop on the site. We would still have the MAC on the site, but the development would in some way help us fund, the operation of the Mac, um, or even the construction, depending on sort of how much is being invested. But I, um, and I guess there was even a developer who was trying to develop in Rainy Street. I think who gave Simaca a significant amount of money, um, but it wasn't necessarily to develop on the Mac, but to develop kind of in the Rainy Street area. Um, but I know, at least I, see, I saw one proposal of how it could work as a sort of development on the site with shared parking and the facility still kind of on that same site. And, um, but I really never, I don't know, I never really pursued that. Um, I don't know, it was very interesting because I was a council member, right? This is a city-funded project but you have a non-profit that's kind of been designated as the, I don't remember what the right term is, but you know the, the group to oversee or actually manage the MAC when it opens, um, and so all these conversations are going on with the nonprofit. profit and so I'm over here, and of course before anything can happen, they have to come talk to the city, and so a lot of this stuff came as a surprise to me that the board of that nonprofit would be having such conversations uh, without having those conversations with with the you know the council or the city manager or whoever. Um, so that so again says so that that was again it was a unique sort of structure that was a little bit out of the control of the city. But I um, I remember again just obviously not I never expressed. Any support for those, for those kind of uh, proposals? Um, I'm not saying again, maybe some kind of partnership where the MAC could stay there wouldn't have been advantageous. It's just it was really difficult to tell because again, there was conversations being had that you knew that you weren't privy to, so you didn't know what was the real nature of those conversations and what was really being discussed. Is it a partnership or is it? We'll give you the six acres if you give us. Why, you know, and um, and so I kind of looked. I was pretty skeptical about those kind of proposals, and um, I mean, I was I was pretty firm about I wanted to be downtown. I think that's an important important symbolically for our community, and um, and so I just didn't really want to put even open a door to the possibility of we're open to there being development on the site because it's a slippery slope and who knows what that could lead to if you're okay with some development happening there well why don't we just develop it all and build it somewhere else and um, and maybe that's just kind of having lived through a few things there at the city and you know and just wanting to be just very cautious you know about something so important i mean obviously even before i got on the council it had you know, 25-year history or more um, so I certainly didn't want to be the one to blow it. <laughs> so again, so that's kind of how I approach it. I mean, again, it's a huge responsibility of making this dream happen, you know, and, and even though the money's there, it was just, again, it was bizarre to see us, this Latino community, fighting about who's going to run it or how is it going to be run. and. Um, and then even you know again, obviously having differences of opinion still about where it should go, and I'm like, isn't that the whole bond was premised on it's going to go here, and the whole design is premised on it's going to go here, and you know how could that even possibly even be something we should be talking about? you know but I think um, that's I mean very important, I mean definitely something that really almost until we broke not until we broke ground, but I remember what year? I think the city kind of took back sort of oversight of the of the Mac. Um,
0: yeah, I think it was 2005 when when it broke. When it
1: broke ground? Mm-hmm. No, it broke ground in o-
0: October. It was in October, I think, 2005. I no,
1: the you're right. You're right because I only had another six months or so because I wasn't on the council when it when the ribbon was cut. Um, but I think. Um, I can't mm-hmm. that that's
0: okay well, yeah. I mean I, I think that sort of leads me into the my next question, which you have been talking in a roundabout way is that there's a question about if you if you would be willing to describe your feelings of working on the Mac and I, I think you're you're you were a very unique position as I see <coughs> it because as a, you were in a leadership position, and it seemed like after the um, the bond election, there was some kind of clock ticking, and so I'm just wondering. So I w- I would think you, I've heard you say you know you've, you've had there was ex- there were experiences or incidents that caused shock and anger, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then as a person in a leadership position, you had all these various views and opinions on the Mac and the development of it. So so anyway, if you want to talk a little bit about those those kinds of feelings and in that position.
1: Um, yeah, more so just about, I guess, being in, being the Hispanic Council member, whatever, however you want to call that, um, in an at-large system. I mean, I, I think what, I mean, it becomes a bigger burden because your colleagues take the view that that's Raul's thing, you know. It's East, even though it wasn't East Austin, it's, it's a Latino thing, it's...
0: The colleagues on the City Council, you mean? It's close to East Austin. <laughs>
1: Rainy kind of, Rainy's kind of considered East Austin, Um, but, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, anytime, you know, I think groups would go talk to other council members, I mean, it was, again, I mean, for whatever reason, good or bad, I mean, that's just kind of how it was, and maybe it still is, I don't know, we still have the same system, so, um, um, but just in terms of, again, just really being the one that whatever you I mean, they're going to follow your lead. I mean, what? I mean, again, as long as, you know, as long as you're not, I mean, until you really, as a, the Hispanic or Latino council member, and, until you show that you don't have the support of the Latino community, I mean, that you kind of get treated as, well, someone whose view matters, right, on the council, um, or until you show that you can't back your stuff up, right? I mean, like, again... Um, And so, again, on this issue, I mean, I would just say it was very, I mean, I would call it contentious. I mean, there was very strong views in those first three years, my first term on this project about how this was going to be operated, you know, once it was completed. And we, um, um, and so, I, you know, I had to dive in the middle, right? I think whenever it would come and get to a tipping point you know, I would have to interject in some way or at least make my views known. And even again, even though I, I didn't have an ability to, or the city manager didn't have an ability to tell this in the nonprofit group what to do, again, you kind of go and you try to express, you know, from the city's point of view, this isn't gonna fly or we have concerns about that and, you know, we really can't have the group that's going to operate the MAC, alienating half of the arts organizations that ideally, or one would think, would be making use of the MAC, you know, and and that was something that was kind of, it was troubling, and it really didn't make sense. I'm an engineer, and things have to be logical, and there was a lot of things that weren't logical about that, again, that part of the history of the MAC, because of really, the the, the tension, and, and I kept trying to, I remember one of the ideas I threw out was, you know, look, you know, we're gonna get this thing built. What can we do now, right, to uh, To get ready for the opening, right, so that we're organized. Once it's open, boom, we're there, we're organized. You're gonna do two shows, you're gonna do two shows. You know, it's gonna be a shared thing, and you know, this is how the governance is gonna work, and. You know, so, so I know one of the proposals was let's expand the board of this nonprofit group to include representatives from every arts organization, and that was obviously, that never happened, so I guess I'll say it wasn't, it wasn't uh, well-received, the idea. Um, and, so th- and then the other, I remember the other proposal I put out there, again, as a way of how do we come together as a community and show, look, we are together on this. We're so excited the MAC is happening. It's going to be such a great thing. And this is what we're doing to ensure the success of the MAC once it's built. So the second thing, I said, well, you know what, I'll tell you what, let's, how about this? You know, we can't really start raising money for the MAC for programming because there's no facility. So let's focus our efforts on starting an endowment so that so that there's funding there for the programming, right? So you have an endowment, obviously, unless it's really big, obviously there's not gonna be a lot of money there, but you gotta start somewhere. Let's, let's, let's go through the process of creating an endowment and an, uh, or a foundation, right, and that would provide funding for the programming part uh, there at the MAC. And again, came up with a look, this is how the money would be divvied up, because of course, you're talking about money, and if you think how a center is going to be run is can be a contentious conversation. You know, how the money's going to be divvied up is going to be more contentious. And So I spelled that out. Look, this is how it would work. And, you know, I kind of tied it to the cultural arts process, it said, you know, the folks who, you know, kind of be a percentage of what they get from the city for cultural arts. And again, there was an avenue for folks who who weren't funded, period, from the city. But, um, but that just, in one year and not the next because people were too concerned about, um, again, you know, who's going to be in charge, like, and, um, and so it ended up, of course, that we kind of severed that relationship with, uh, with Simaka, and then um, probably took a couple years still before we were, um, we broke ground, or maybe a year after that or something, we broke ground, and, uh, created the advisory board. I think when when that relationship with the nonprofit group was uh, was terminated, then you know immediately we created a, a board, an advisory board, and I think that advisory board still exists. Um, but again, originally it was envisioned as every group, every arts group ought to have a representative on the board, um, which I still think would be a good idea. But you know. After I left the council, you know, there was some rules passed that said no board will have more than seven representatives and each is appointed by a council member. And and so that doesn't, I think, that particular, I think, structure of an advisory board for the MAC, I really don't think is conducive to the community's kind of feeling like they're a part of it or having ownership of the MAC or what happens at the MAC. So I hope I answered the question.
0: <laughs> I, I I think you're 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 giving a lot of information that I think is that is very very interesting. Uh, the the next part of it is about values and ideas and there's a whole long questions but I'm I'm wondering we know that, you know, by the time that you were taking a really active role in in the the creation of the Mac, you know, we had mm-hmm. a lot of people involved and I'm wondering if there was any if there were any if there was a person or persons that influenced you by the time you got into that leadership role, let's say, or if there were any particular ideas that were motivating you to achieve that vision that, that, you, were, that you had for the MAC. So any particular people or ideas expressing, or people expressing those ideas that were helping you influence your, your decision-making or, or just the direction you were trying to point the MAC toward?
1: Um, I mean, I think I re- what I remember, I mean, is, you know, you had sort of the United East Austin Coalition folks that were involved, you had some teatro groups, and again, I think we have several now, so I mean, I'm not sure the, the exact names of everyone involved, but because it would impact, you know, obviously theater productions, right, to a great degree or so we, so we thought, right, at the time. Um. And I think there was involvement, sort of, from performance art side, and um, and then um, and dance. I guess to the degree that you know maybe Aslan was involved, you know, Rowan Salinas, and um, but that's kind of you know the. Ex- I mean, I don't remember. I mean, uh, I mean, I I don't know. Well,
0: oh, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's 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 just. Uh, I'm just wondering because you know the, um, it's just you know for for some it might be there for, and you know it's it's just the way it is but
1: and i guess i'll say i mean i mean obviously there's politics and all of this but there were those folks who who helped me get elected and those who didn't right um but i mean i guess i made it a point to you know before i really arrived at a, my own vision or decision about sort of what's the best thing for the community moving forward is have the conversations with all the board members go to the meetings try to resolve conflicts you know as they arose and so it took a couple years of that before you know pretty much you know we had to make the decision that this isn't working you know this isn't working for our community so this model of having the nonprofit group Shepherd the project, or you know, be the one that's going to be um, first to shepherd and then to manage the operations. I mean, if we can't even shepherd the project. I mean, how can we trust you with managing it, the operations, right? In a way, we can trust like, again if you don't have that trust. And so, I really kind of. So I mean, I think. I mean, I do know. You know, I might have received input from some folks. You know, more than others, but. You know, I'm always, again, you know, you struggle in that position with what's the right thing to do for the community. And I'm a, again, I'm an engineer and a planner, so I take my time, right, in terms of making decisions. You know, some people may like that, some people may not, but you know, I think I, I try to be fair about the way I approach the project, try to put different options on the table, try to get people to bury the hatchet a number of times, and you know when again when that didn't happen I just you know I just felt it was time for us to to go another direction again there's so many community issues that we could be putting our ta- time and attention towards and we're over here debating at least for the first two years I was on the council about who's in charge and governance and not being able to agree on expanding the board or you know how we're gonna get Again, you know, in hiring an executive director, you know, what's the community's input on it? You know, those kind of issues where, um, again, I, you know, I've tried to approach it, you know, in a logical way, right? Because again, I'm, I'm very logical in my approach to kind of problem solving. You know, whether, you know, so, um, so I just, again, after a couple of years, and you know, again, you know, the, for me, the, the logical conclusion is, we can't keep. Going this route, so we have to go another route, and so eventually, again, we got to sort of the structure we have now, for better or worse. I mean, um, and so I think there's still an evolution that needs to happen in terms of the community really articulating a vision of how this could better serve the needs of the community and really function as a community space, you know, as a hub of of activity and. Networking, you know, for Latinos, you know, and so obviously you have that whole Latino versus Mexican American thing, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, which I'm happy to talk about too. But um, it's um, but that was, uh, I mean, I think just something where um, with any issue that I would try to tackle a contentious issue. I mean, you listen to all sides, and then you try to come up with well, what's a you know what's a reasonable thing to do given the very the very pointed views everyone has and somewhat inflexible views everyone has and you try to mediate but if the mediation doesn't happen then well you gotta you gotta make a decision and to go forward. I mean we can't just keep spinning our wheels and so that's kinda how I felt where we were in this project is probably I would say maybe two thirds of the kind of, arts community really wasn't kinda happy with the direction. And maybe there was a third that obviously really felt strongly about it and you know they had a right to feel that way but again you know as a as a, as a planner engineer type I go well I mean if two-thirds of the majority of folks don't like what we're doing here then maybe we got to try something else and that doesn't mean those one-third are going to be aren't going to be pissed off but you know again you have to try to go with well what, what is it that's going to bring the community together in the best way and not hundred percent, of course, but you know that's a, again kind of a microcosm of kind of any any tough issue that that a council member has to vote on, but I think that's um, kind of a fair kind of representation of kind of my my views on it i mean again it's I've never been a strictly political being you know I'm more of, more of an organizer let's tackle the issues you know as a as a community you know and articulate what we want and try to make it happen in some way, whatever, using whatever, whatever leverage we have, whatever tools we have at our disposal. And, um, and, and so I've never really been a, well, so-and-so was a big donor or so-and-so helped me, you know, volunteered and knocked on so many doors. And that doesn't mean, again, you know, a smart politician wouldn't, wouldn't be that way, but it's just not the way I've wired and, so I kind of you know try to take a logical approach to, to these problems and try to find a logical solution or, or way forward.
0: What was the most joyful aspect of working? Get wait. Switch batteries.
1: Okay. I'm, being, I'm being too verbose.
0: <laughs> I I think you're fine. <laughs> you just you just talk away. I'm 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 just gonna just listen to you. I'm thinking about what you're saying, but... um Of no, the, we be be should be careful because that. I mean, we should. That's that might get put on.
1: No, the whole issue of the Mexican American Cultural Center versus it being more of a cultural center for Latinos, right? I mean, and sort of the Everybody influence. In
0: the yeah. So. Are you? are you rolling, recording? Okay. Okay. So, um, what is, or well, what are, the most joyful aspects of working on the creation of the Mac for you? Your involvement. (laughs)
1: Uh, When we broke ground, (laughs) the the
0: only joyful
1: memory uh, um, was yeah, when we had everybody up there giving the nice speeches, and it was raining, I think, and I must have maybe sprinkling, and um, um, Manuel Donnelly was playing. You know, he was kind of the, the, the featured artist. You know, since it was since. It's a cultural center, right? So you gotta add something, some artistic uh, part of it. And, um, and I remember um, I remember I was supposed to be in, in Vegas that day. I <laughs> already had a Vegas trip planned uh, when they announced when this was gonna happen. So I kinda had to alter my plans and my wife was in Vegas while I was at the groundbreaking. And then I joined her later that evening, right? But um, so that was an interesting kind of part of that whole thing. But uh, um, I just remember, I just I still have the gold shovel. I'm not. I don't know if I'm supposed to have the gold shovel because they weren't the little the little dinky ones that are putting on your on the fireplace or wherever you put them. But
0: so what were you feeling? I mean, you're you're laughing under the (laughs) sun. Tell me more about that.
1: Hey, I was just you know I was just very excited that. That this, that this project was actually going to happen, and that um, um, I don't know, there was a bunch of people there, and there was a bunch of smiling faces, and um, so I'm just you know glad it, it worked out well, and it was a rough ride <laughs> to get there, but uh, it was, you know somewhat of a sigh of relief, you know, but more just just kind of happy that you know this was going to finally happen, and and um and again, there was a lot of delays and for different reasons um even up until the very end i mean I think um we were going to a very through a very tough budget year um, and so a lot of the capital projects were being put on hold right so um and the mac was one of those right it was the carver had just broke ground so So they were safe, right? I mean, they is in that project, right? Um, And the community, that community receiving their cultural center. uh, But ours still hadn't broken ground, right? So I don't even know if a contract had been been issued yet, you know, or, or if a contractor had been selected. But again, the issue with this is in tough budget years, you know, you have two or three budget, hard budget years coming up. It's not so much the construction, which you know you have the money for. It's the operations. So, so you're going to have half a million dollars worth of operations for the MAC. Can we afford it? You know. And so, so the proposal I think was to delay it a couple of years, right? The, the groundbreaking. So instead of it happening at the end of 05, it would happen a couple of years later. And so that that was another one of those where. I mean, you really don't want to go down that road, or at least I didn't want to go down that road of, yeah, yeah, let's delay it a couple of years and, and then it'll be fine, right? we'll have our facility. So I kind of felt like, well, there's been enough delays already. Let's, let's do this thing, right? But so, the, so basically the proposal the city manager put out there, the, the plan was if you can find the money for operations, you can, you can move up the date of the, you know, of the MAC, of, of, that, of any project, right? But if you can figure out this, how are we going to pay for the additional operations, you know, because again, there was a projection that said if it opens in 2008, then, well, if it opens before then, let's say, you know, the, the new projection was it opens 2008. Well, if you want to open it two years earlier, well, you've got to come up with a million plus to cover the operations for those two years. So that's where... You know, another project that was kind of on hold was the Terrazas expansion. Um, and so that's where we, you know, we basically allocated a million to, I don't know, somewhere between a million and a million five, um, so that those two projects could move forward and the community, could enjoy the benefits of having those facilities for those couple of years. You know, and of course that wasn't without, you know, I don't know if I say controversy, but you know, some detractors who say you shouldn't use that holly money for that purpose. You know, but I, I guess the way I look at it is if you look at, you know, Guerrero Park, it was in the exact same timeline as the Mac. So it was supposed to break around in two thousand six, around there. So I mean I think they've built what, not even a quarter of the improvements for Guerrero Park. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's what can happen, right? When you say yes, delay me for a couple of years, it becomes three years, and it becomes four years, and it whatever it is now, forget it. A park, right? I mean, they have the money. They just like the Mac. They had the money, but we still don't have get it a park. So we could potentially have been in a situation where we don't have the Mac and we don't have get it a park, right? And so. So I kind of look at you know I mean that was sort of my thinking about that whole thing about should we delay or not right I mean because you know there's real out fiscal realities you know with you know you're just I mean that's probably the the most important part of what you do as a council member is you adopt the budget and it has to be balanced and you try to keep taxes low and um, and so that was one where I mean I think it was you know a great accomplishment to just let's keep it let's let's keep it on the timeline it's already delayed by two or three years for x, y and z reasons, um, having to do more with design and construction and what's going on at the site um, so let's not delay anymore and and so now you know and luckily again, when we left the council you know we were able to include another five million to again, we went forward, it took so long, so again the Longer it takes, the footprint of your building shrinks because it gets more expensive to to build, right? So you can't build the full plan like we wanted, and so the so the footprint gets smaller and smaller. And then so when we went to groundbreaking, we built a portion of phase one. Yeah, there was three phases. <laughs> we didn't even build phase one and two. We, we built a portion of phase one. So. So we added $5 million to the bond proposal in 2006, so that we could, we didn't even finish out phase one, right, but do a bigger portion of phase one. And, um, and so that was, I think, was a big, big deal too, right? To, again, how do we, the, the vision is, look here it is, it's on this paper, this is our community vision for the MAC, for this cultural center, then we as a community ought to constantly be going back to it and saying, why isn't it done? why aren't we done? Why isn't it finished? And so, you know, at least until I left, I mean, I was trying to, okay, you know, again, you know, real, you know, cut and dry, you know, like, this is, this is our vision, so at every point along the way, when there's big decisions to be made about money, we should be saying, we need more money for the Mac. We need, we need more money for the Mac. Or finish it. Finish the Mac. And so, I think that's where, again, you know, before I left, he said, "How do we keep moving towards that vision of this vision, right, towards the realization of the the complete vision versus bits and pieces of of the vision?" Um, and I think we, as a community, again, we're just not organized around the MAC and supporting the MAC. And you know, I think it's something where, we as a community, should come together and really uh, figure out how, how do we make it so that Again, that you know, city council should automatically say there's going to be something on there for the MAC. <laughs> it's a bond election. There's going to be something on there for the MAC, and you know, like a theater. I keep coming back to that because mm-hmm. we don't have a theater. Well, I guess technically you have that little black box theater. So that is a step up, but um, but you know, one with stadium seating and mm-hmm. places for. For people to change costumes and, <laughs> and nice lighting and that kind of stuff.
0: So why did you fight? Why did you fight for the Mac, or why did you? Um, well, I'm, I'm assuming it's been. A, it feels like a struggle, or it. From the people I talked to, it's it's described as a struggle, and it's a fight. And so why did why did you fight to create the Mac?
1: Um, I mean because, I mean you feel that our people, the Mexican American community. It deserves to have a facility like that. Uh, we have been an integral part of this community since the very beginning, and um, it's, again, a place to tell the story of the Mexican-American community. Again, I don't know that the facility right now tells the story of the Mexican-American community, um, but, again, that's so maybe part of the vision I have for it, but I think that's you know, it's the aqui uh, estamos y no nos vamos kind of approach that that says, you know, this is ours. We're in downtown, we were in downtown when this city <laughs> was founded and up until, you know, the 1930s, I guess, whenever we got displaced from downtown and um, we're back in downtown. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just think that's, um, you know I just again for me and and I mean I think part of what you